If you have your Bible, be turning to Acts 17. And uh, while you're doing that, you know, you understand kind of what we were talking about last time. We were talking about being steadfast and the fact that now Paul and Silas have moved from Philippi to Thessalonica. And uh, man, they had a good time for a moment. <laughs> and then uh, things got a little haywire. And uh, these religious leaders in the area, the Jewish religious, religious leaders, kind of get a, a band of thugs to uh, run them out of there. And so now this is where we're going to find them. If we start in verse uh, 10 through 14, that's what our study will be this morning. <clears throat> is that now they're on their way to uh, Berea. And it says in verse 10, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. And these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed also of honorable women, women, which were Greeks and of men, not a few. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. But uh, Silas and Timotheus abode there still. And so, again, this is like 1A, 1B. <laughs> OK, so 1A of 14 is just the conclusion of Berea and that Paul leaves. But you see that Saul and Timothy are left behind. Okay. And so what I want to do for you really is just kind of obviously summarize that. I mean, think about it. Now we're talking about being steadfast and that helped to get us in the right frame of mind. If we're going to Thessalonica, we're going to go to the synagogues as Paul is known to do, you know, obviously in his heart from just later on in, in his uh, epistles that to the Jew first, the presentation of the gospel is always going to kind of go in that order. Okay, so that going to the synagogues is, is critical and key to that uh, understanding that we get from that, from that verse. The Lord wants to make sure that there's an opportunity to honor the promise that he gave Israel, right? Okay, so that's always going to be the case. So he goes there, and then what happens? Man, these thugs. We got the thugs. And the thugs, remember, they got to his kinsman, kinsman, Jason. They assault him. They bring him out in front of everybody. And, in a, and like what always happens is people are getting emotional about their differences, not legal about them. And so what happens? Well, once the law shows up and these things are governed by Rome, that Roman law becomes a protection. And so they let him go. But in the midst of that, you see that there is some, some travel that has to take place. And Berea is not close. I looked at it on the map. Now, if you looked, you'd have to type in uh, V-E-R-I-A. Uh, it's still pronounced in some, in some places. It'd be acceptable to call it Berea. But it's like 40 miles away from Thessalonica. So remember, we're talking about on foot, on camel, on horse, whatever it is. It ain't comfortable, right? And it ain't easy. I mean, it would be like walking to, I think we looked it up, Platt, Platt City. Uh, just so you have the frame of reference in your mind. Imagine trying to walk that. It's like 14 hours to walk it. And so again, we're talking about, you know, missions this morning. And, and one of the things is, is I think 
we have to kind of have this understanding just built around uh, missions is that it takes some things. And I want to kind of list them for you. We would say that missions takes courage, right? I mean, just when you're thinking about, man, I'm going to go to a foreign land and I don't have to, I don't maybe know the culture totally, or there's all these uncertainties. I don't really know how this is going to go. It's going to take some courage to do that. We also know that mission is going to take obedience. Right? I got to, I kind of got to get my head wrapped around what it is and in the word of God, and I'm going to go do that thing. There's a task, and there's something for me to do with that, okay? And so I'm not going to go anywhere if I'm not going to obey what it says. Haven't we seen thus far that it takes sacrifice? I mean, we constantly see that it's taking sacrifice. There's persecution, there's suffering. And, and let's, let me, let, let's not sell it improperly. If I am, as your leader, trusting God to move in you all's lives just so that you will go to Tampa, to Boston, I don't ever mention Lee Summit, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could go, but come on, man, that would be his cream puff, <laughs> right? You need to leave. Go to Tampa, <laughs> go to Boston. Don't go down the street like that, <laughs> you know? Um, I want you to kind of get a different experience there as something started. Man, what Pastor Dan's got going on there, good, established church, awesome. So be praying for him. Send your money. Help him out. They got some new plans and different things they got going on. You guys know that's my guy. I love him. But I want you to be thinking and understanding the reality of what you're facing if we're talking about going on these trips. And the one thing that you could do, if you look at all of those things, you could say, man, missions takes all of those things. But I'm telling you, there is something greater that is more important. And it's this. Missions takes trust in God's word. Like overall, over the courage, over the obedience, over the sacrifice, it's going to come down to trust. Because here's the deal. All of those things, there are circumstances and situations that will challenge those first three. And the thing you will have to go back to is ultimately, what does the word of God say? And do I trust that? I define for you, trust is reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, surety of a person or thing. Confidence. Is that how you see the word of God? Do you have a reliance on it. The kind of reliance that says, I, listen, I don't care what the obstacle is, Lord. I trust you. And the thing, like we were saying last week, because this helps you to kind of really leapfrog from last week to this week, just like we were seeing Brother Paul do here, is that Man, that, that steadfast position that you hope to have, listen, if you don't trust in the word, you ain't going to be steadfast. Are you kidding yourself? No way, no how. I have to see the word of God as the absolute authority. I have to qualify where it came from, who it is that's saying it. Because the things that the Lord will surely ask you are going to sound crazy to you. You can ask 
Pastor James about that and the work that God's called him to some time ago. Sounds crazy. It's right up the Lord's alley. I trust the Lord, so I got to go. Plain and simple. Okay? So when, I, when we're looking at this passage, you have to understand what can look at you where you only start seeing the difficulty that Paul is running into. Listen, there is something that's driving this guy, and I'm telling you, it's the word. He trusted. He trusted. And I think that we will have to do the same thing. Get this down. Taking missions seriously will only happen when you take the word of God seriously, period. Taking missions, I mean, we can talk about it till we're blue in the face, but listen, until in your heart you take the word of God seriously, then missions will start to make sense. It will be the thing that will drive and there will be a preparation within you to be ready to go on whatever trip it is. Whether it is Cream Puff, Lee, Lee Summit, <laughs> all the way to, I don't Malawi, whatever, right? It won't matter, the place. Faith Fellowship, listen, we got to start taking the word of God seriously. We have to. Because see, that will help you get beyond those hangups that you may have about, well, I'm too old. I have too many commitments and family. I'm too tied up here in the States. I got too many bills. Like these are the things that plague our age group. And these will not be suitable excuses. When the Lord says, I've given you light that you would share it. And so let, let's be honest. Listen, if you start taking the word of God seriously, guess what you're going to do? You're going to start doing missions here in Kansas City. You understand that where you work, where you live, the family that you are in is your mission field at first. So you get the chance to prove it then, okay? Take God's word seriously. Verse 10, it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Bria, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. And one thing you have to understand here is Paul is escaping one situation only to be led into another and yes, this takes courage, but it is his faith that is truly on display. And that leads us to our first key point. True courage is only possible from the instruction of the word of God. This is not about tough guy stuff. Now, I grew up in the 80s and all of my favorite movie guys were muscular dudes. You could not, as a kid, listen, if you want to Get me riled up. Don't say something bad about Arnold Schwarzenegger if you want to. We're going to have a problem, <laughs> right? Sylvester Stallone, I don't know what happened. Then Die Hard showed up, and then the muscles left. <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of courage. I'm talking about the kind of courage that comes from what it is that the Word of God says. And I want you to see something now. This terminology is not foreign to God himself. And you're going to see here in Joshua, this is something that God told Joshua. Joshua 1, 1 through 6 says this. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, listen, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, you arise. 
Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land, which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot should tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Then shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And then here it is. And this ain't the last time that you hear him say this. If you keep reading this chapter, he says it like six times. Verse six, be strong and of good courage for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto the fathers to give them. The thing that I want you to pick up on is the fact that he says in verse one, uh, and it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. How do you speak? He used his word, right? And the whole thing about Joshua that's really critical is those first 12 chapters, listen, do a leadership study on victory of those first 12 chapters of Joshua, it will blow your mind. That is probably, arguably, the best time that Israel has ever had yet was then. Well, then, and then after we know what happened and it leads to judges. And then after that, we just raspberries, it goes downhill, <laughs> you know. But those first 12 chapters, incredible. God uses the word courage, but listen, he spake unto Joshua. And in those trying moments that Joshua had, which we know Jericho, the silliest war you will ever read about because dudes are dressed for war and they just walk around and shout and we won. Uh, <laughs> excuse me? Yes. He did exactly as the Lord said to do, and victory was waiting for him. See, sometimes we desire to have this same exact experience. We want to hear the audible voice of God. We feel like it would be easier that if we had that, man, then surely I would know what to do. I would, I would have the right courage. I would have the right instruction. But we got to be careful to not value the certainty of Scripture. Listen, the Lord has already qualified that. And there's something in, um, in Peter, 2 Peter, says this, 119. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. And Peter is saying this in light of the fact that he, he is an eyewitness to Jesus' majesty. And he says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. So believer, in 2022, when you are sitting here thinking that you would do better because you heard God's audible voice, let me just tell you, you will not. You will not. I think we need to get off of these... Um, we got to, it's like we're, we play with that charismatic nonsense where now you're going to put experience over what the word of God says. 
I don't need to have some miraculous experience. I could just read the word of God and trust that it is what it says it is. And if it's commanded me to do something, I'm going to get to it. And then I trust where it's coming from. And I'm not questioning it. How is it that I can go from Philippi to Thessalonica to Berea? I'm being chased around for the sake of the gospel. Yet with joy, I am sharing the gospel. How do you do that? How do you end up going to a place where the food for months will tear your stomach up? Tear it up. It's like, what is this? (laughs) You will be discomforted all day. It is, listen, if you have never been somewhere where they do not speak your native language and you have to listen to it all day, you will be fatigued from that. It is exhausting because your mind is trying to find, did he accidentally say it in English so that I can maybe possibly understand it? No, (laughs) they didn't. I'm telling you, how am I going to face those things and not just simply let those things keep me on the couch? There's something about that word, y'all. There's something about that word. I really love that Peter just puts that in, in great detail and context for us. So listen, Paul is obedient to the command given by Jesus to preach the word. And in Romans 1.15, that's on the screen here, you see that it says, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm ready. Is that your position? Are you ready? Because you can only be ready if, yes, he was discipled by Jesus. We know that directly. That's all cool and great. But here's the deal. God gave him something. He gave him a command. And man, Paul, if it kills him, means to make sure that that happens. That's ready. Are you ready like that? Are you ready like that? I'm telling you, I don't. Every one of the places that I have had the uh, the pleasure and privilege to go to was at an inconvenient time, financially inconvenient and definitely costly on some level, whether it was stomach issues or uncomfortable issues or tiredness from listening or whatever, all of those things. And yet every year I just kept doing it again. How does that happen? I'm not awesome. Are you kidding me? The thing was, is I just qualify what it was that I'm hearing from the word of God. And I have this thing, y'all, and I pray that you get there. I don't like watching other people grow in the faith and move forward. And I see that the Lord is using them mightily and I'm on the sideline. I don't like it. There's just some about, I don't like it. I don't want James to get more fruit than I got. So I'm talking to the Lord like, hey, man, (laughs) tell me what to do. I did it with Dan. I do it with this man. I'm telling you, you need. Get it. 
there's fruit for you. It's got your name on it. Go get it. Be obedient to the command given by Jesus to preach the word. You got the same one. It's not different. But yet we treat it as if it is. We know, again, like I said earlier, Paul being discipled by Jesus, but make no mistake about it. He's following the command given. And you got to know that Jesus' majesty can be seen in his commands. If you follow the word, the majesty is there. The majesty of who, man, a person that has a heart for people, just go back and read the gospel. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Are you kidding me? I'm about to be stabbed in the ribs by these idiots. I've been spat on. They had the audacity to tear my flesh. Forgive them because they don't know who I am really. Because I can snap my fingers and everybody will be dead. Man, listen, (laughs) that's our Lord. So please don't think that it's just simple words on a page. There is majesty in those words. Key point number two, obedience can only be carried out by following the instruction of the word of God. In verse 11, we see these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Paul is showing us something to consider. He found it joyful to obey. You guys, listen, if you haven't discipled somebody or shared the gospel and you saw somebody actually accept Christ, I don't think, honestly, there is a better kind of like, you know, you were a part of something and then you saw it happen, a better feeling than when you see the light bulb click on. Can y'all remember that those of y'all in discipleship, you were maybe the one, you were kind of a headache, you know, and you were kind of playing games and driving your disciple or crazy. But you remember that time they just moved the books aside and they got to have a come to Jesus meeting with you. And then you actually get it and there's tears and prayers. Listen, let me just tell you, your discipler could not have been happier. (laughs) That is a great day in discipleship. And really what happens is you become addicted to those moments and you're like, I just, I want to see it again. So that means on my part, I got to do what I got to do to make sure that I'm in front of people to be able to have that opportunity. Why do you think it looks like our dear Paul just keeps running his head up against the wall, keeps going to these synagogues? He doesn't know how they're going to be in Berea. He saw how they were in Thessalonica. He could have approached that, and we said it last week as kind of one of our, 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 our points, is not to let past hardships dictate how I'm going to move in the future. It's because of that joy, y'all. Man, that joy of just sharing the gospel and somebody like, man, I haven't heard that. And maybe they don't accept, but then you say, hey, would you come to Bible study? And they're like, uh, yeah, I'll do that. And you, you kind of want to click your heels, Like it's an old Toyota commercial, right? (laughs) I mean, it's just something about it. You get excited just because somebody came to church with you. Do you remember that? Do you remember just how you felt when you got saved? Man, again, I was so annoying when I first got saved, you know, 
because it was like, <laughs> I just couldn't stop talking about it at work. And people were just like, oh, my God, here he comes again. <laughs> right. But I was, I was thrilled that it made sense. And I think actually that's when I started going back to KCBT. So it wasn't because I got saved there, y'all know. And then three years later, I showed up again. And that's when discipleship happened. I think it was discipleship. That's when it clicked because it was like, oh, I know the gospel and now I'm learning the word and let me tell you these things. I don't really know all of it. Let me just tell you what I do know. <laughs> Man. I mean, it was great. It's good. Listen, here's the deal you got to come away with in this, um, excuse me here. First John here. Sorry. Just write this down. Let me read this to you. First John five, three says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever born of God come overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I mean, listen, you got to think of it in those terms. It's not grievous what the Lord is asking us to do, but yet that's how we kind of treat it. I get the, <laughs> the great commission that's like, oh, man, for real, that's what it is. I can't do something else. Why ain't you say I could be rich? Why can't I be in this relationship I want to be in? Why can't I have more kids? Why can't I, you know, whatever the list is for you. Man, what he's asking us to do is not grievous. And I imagine Paul qualified that himself. It's not grievous. Even if what is happening to me as a result of me doing it is. See what I'm saying? That's when you have the view of scripture properly in your mind. Because you can separate those two things. And you don't all of a sudden just lump them all into the same group. That's how we got to start thinking, Faith Fellowship. When we focus on the task and not on the one who gave us the task, then I may not see that I've been given a privilege. I may not see, I may miss it. If I just see it solely as grievous, then the Lord is inconveniencing me with this request. And what I might do, because I haven't properly viewed scripture and I haven't seen the majesty, is now I have the audacity as the dirt bag that I am. And I mean that like in the physical, like literal sense. I mean, you know, you are just some balled up, <laughs> terrible Missouri dirt. <laughs> right? With bones in it. <laughs> it sounds nasty. <laughs> Just a slurry of mud and bones. <laughs> right? That the dirt bag is now all of a sudden going to tell the creator, uh, nah, bro, I'm not doing that. Well, I'll get to it later. Man, I, you know, it's a privilege, y'all. Look at what happened when Paul obeyed. Paul was met with people that were ready to hear the word. And I kind of posed this to you already, but just simply as a question, isn't it exciting when you minister to people that are responsive to his word? But listen, if some of you can't say yes, it's because you haven't done it. Or it's been so long, you don't remember it. And perhaps it is that this year, this time, after this message, um, I don't know. Maybe you need to really consider. 
God, man, my, this order here is a little messed up. Uh, Proverbs 15. Let's see. Let me uh, go back. Okay, I don't have that in there for you. Let me let me uh, tell you this. I'm sorry. Proverbs uh, 1, 5. I did see that. Hang on a second. That was up there. Okay, right there. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. See, there is something about that. There, God has been prepping the heart of some individual that will hear it. What we tend to think about his word is that we're like, oh, well, it's only going to be the people that are going to spit in my face and tell me no and push me away. No, man, listen, this is God's word we're talking about. There are wise men out there that are searching and hungry. And the Lord wants to use you to make that interaction and that you would just from a real honest place, just tell them what the gospel of Jesus is or invite them to Bible study. Or friends that you've been encouraging to come along and now they're starting to come a little bit more. And now you're like, man, you really should be thinking about discipleship. And they're processing it. And remember, they could be a little slow to the take. But what does it say? Uh, this is a like a these are definites. Will and shall, if this was legal, is like a guarantee. Will and shall. Guys, we got to find the person that will hear it, that will increase in learning. Like you will get an opportunity to disciple somebody. And they shall attain unto wise counsel. Like it's not like you are going to all of a sudden be there all in all, but man, they're going to come and be fitly joined to this local assembly. And now that partner, because you invested the word of God in them, they got saved. Maybe they got a disciple and now they are a co-laborer side by side with you sitting in the same pew. Like that's, I, that is exciting to me. I love the opportunity of that. And the people that I've gotten a chance to, to invest the word of God in that are in ministry, guys, you don't know how that makes me feel. And not to like put a highlight, but for the Rileys, you don't understand. You don't, it's not your business to understand all of it. But our dining room table led to this. You want that. I crave it. And I believe Paul did too. It was worth it to him. To keep doing what he's doing. And so in verse 12. It says, therefore, many of them believed. You go and do this, you get the excitement of this. And as it says, a wise man will hear, will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. What happened? Therefore, many of them believed. And also of honorable women, which were Greeks and of men, not a few. Matthew Henry about that particular part says this. Of the Greeks, likewise, the Gentiles, many believe. Both of the honorable women, the ladies of quality and of men, not a few. Men of first rank, as should seem by their being mentioned with the honorable women, the wives first embraced this gospel and then they persuaded their husbands to embrace it. And so, listen, I just wanted to encourage you because we got a kind of a lot of different situations in here. Parents, single mothers, wives, faith fellowship members. 
Be encouraged. The example of your faith can and will make a difference. Continue. You got that person in your house. Maybe it's your little ones. They have actually turned into little dragons. And you see it and you're like, what spawn of hell are you now? What are you doing? <laughs> right? When they're li little, they're cute and cuddly. They're just baby dragons, though. And the real dragon will show up. <laughs> right? And so, listen, what are you doing? What kind of example are you leading in them? Guys, if you talk ill of the church, if you don't, if they don't see you being about the Lord's business, you are making an establishment there. Surprise, surprise. I'm going to do exactly as mom and dad do. So you got to be careful. You have a discipleship team already. Be encouraged there. God is watching and looking into those situations. Man, I, this is why I want you to take the word of God seriously, because I want you to understand what's at stake. Because the Lord will surely ex explain to you what's at stake. Everything is at stake. You're not in these circles of people that you're around for no reason. Verse 13 and 14, it says this, but when the Jews of Thessalonica and knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also. Here come the thugs and stirred up the people and immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea, but Silas and Timotheus abode there still. Paul is again under attack and separated from his team. And so this leads us to our final key point. Sacrifice is guaranteed when we trust in the word of God. It is a guarantee. Listen, if you ain't sacrifice, if you ain't in persecution, it might be telling about your position on the word of God. I'm just telling you. The world will make it easy for you to just go along to get along. And the more you assimilate to that, the more they will accept you. But if it's been challenging, whether that be your health, whether that be persecution from your actual Promotion of the gospel, the things of God, righteousness, the viewpoint that may be kind of growing in your families. It's telling. It's kind of where you put your trust. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, it says this, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction, it says. Light How can, how can Paul write that it's light? Because I told you how our Lord was treated on his way to the cross. The disrespect was great with the Pharisees. It was worse on the way to the cross. Worse to the place where he was going to be sacrificed. So you somehow think that you're going to avoid that and dodge it? Listen, Christian. American Christian, I'm not, let me just speak more broadly. Uh, stop trying to manufacture comfort. Just stop doing it. For our light affliction, and here it is, which is but for a moment. I, okay, um, some of the oldest believers I know, 70s, 80s, you know, my grandmother, 90s, 
And I can think back, you know, my grandmother, when she passed away, was 93. Her mother, because grandma was born in 1900, her mother would have been a slave and fresh off of it. And my grandmother served the Lord all of my life when I was here. You don't think that was challenging for her? You don't think that she could have had some position that would have said, this is like a woman growing up in Jim Crow America and still love the Lord, still be about it? I think that's the only reason she made it to 90. Don't tell me about afflictions. We all could drum up. We all have things that have happened that are shameful. and We would be ashamed to even mention in, in, in a crowd, even as tight-knit as we are. It is still, by the Lord's standard, light. And it's just for a moment. And what happens? It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we not, look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. At the things, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Guys, that's how we need to look. Your hurt is your hurt. Give it to the Lord and be done with it. Do not let it define you. Even the hurts of ministry, the disappointments, the frustrations. You invited 50 and one showed up. And then they left early and they didn't meet anybody and they ain't coming back. <laughs> right? We know that person. Maybe some of you were. And now you're here. Now you're here. Listen, we don't faint at these things. And so listen, as we're kind of wrapping up here, I love just a little side note. <laughs> when it's time to go, I will be ready and someone else will take my place. I love that Paul and Timothy stay behind. Paul, we running you out of here. The thugs are like, man, we, I'm, it's Paul, Silas, whatever, you lightweight. Paul, kill this guy. And listen to this. Let me encourage you with this. Something else from Matthew Henry it says, they came thither also to turn the world upside down there. And they stirred up the people and incensed them against the preachers of the gospel. And don't miss this as if they had such a commission from the prince of darkness to go from place to place to oppose the gospel as the apostles had to go from place to place to preach it. That's what we up against. Every move that you make, the enemy is seeking to make a counterfeit move and a counter move. So it is a game when you fall on the sidelines and you eventually go home. That's the devil's like, when? Gotcha. So you got to fight knowing good and well, this cat is coming in the same direction for the same people that I'm coming for. But my God is greater. And so listen, yes, it takes courage. It takes obedience. It takes sacrifice. But listen, you have got to put your, your trust firmly in the word of God. That's the only way you're going to get off the couch, man. That's the only way you're going to actually get out of this pew and go anywhere. You're going to have any kind of forward motion is you have to trust the word solely and qualify for where it came from. It is the word of God from him himself that he wrote. 
So what is it telling you? Will you do it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you um, just for, man, just how you um, kind of slapped me around with this. And, and Father, I would just pray, you know, as uh, together, collectively in Faith Fellowship, Lord, we, we could all find ways that we could be uh, uncomfortable with this message. But Lord, I thank you for that. And I pray that, that, um, that the Spirit will move us to not settle there and feel condemnation, but just to simply own up to where it is that we have set some roadblock in front of what the power, the majesty of what your word and the commands that is given says. And so, Father, will you help us to just consider and look at how true it is? And Lord, would you use us to make an impact that we also could turn the world upside down? Lord, not simply just so we can have that kind of title assigned to our name, but in reality, Lord, that we would just do what it is you've called us to do from a faithful position that we see and trust that your word is what it says it is. And so, Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the privilege of ministry. Lord, I pray, help us uh, to faithfully attend upon it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.